Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of Let's Talk About Brand was initially broadcast as a live stream in 2021. It has been edited from its original format. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk About Brand. I'm your host, Christine Gritman. I do this show every Friday at 12 noon Eastern time, where we talk about, guess what? We talk about different elements of branding, of personal branding, all that jazz with very smart friends of mine. And um, I just want to point out, I have my new Let's Talk About Brand t-shirt on today, which you can get at gritman.com slash merch along with my lovely Let's Talk About Brand mug, just saying. Anyway, today we have an awesome show. We have Brienne Fleming. Um, a lot of you know her, and I know her through her amazing pop chat, Twitter chat, which is actually uh, pretty soon after this show. It's at 1 p.m., so we're going to have like half an hour to, to breathe and, and grab a cup of coffee or whatever <laughs> between now and pop chat. But if you haven't checked that out on Twitter, I definitely encourage you to check that out. Brienne is also a professor of marketing, and uh, she, she writes and talks and uh, does all that stuff about brands. And one interesting thing about Brienne is that part of her personal brand is that she's super into pop culture. She loves the lessons that we can draw from things that become popular in pop culture and how those can apply to brands in general. Another cool thing that Brand is bringing to us here from Pop Chat is she brought with uh, she brought with her her fabulous Pop Chat sponsor, which is Brave Robot animal-free dairy ice cream. And I looked this up. The reason that they go with animal-free dairy rather than vegan is because there's this whole cool chemical thing with like proteins that are molecularly identical to animal proteins, but they're not animal proteins. It's a whole thing, but apparently it's amazingly delicious, which is the part that I really care about. All right. So without any further ado, we are going to bring up, whoops, <laughs> we are going to bring on our fabulous guest, Brianne Fleming. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Love the intro. Love, I mean, I just, of course, love how branded everything is. But how how could I be surprised by that? Of course, it's branded. <laughs> there you go. I go I go a little crazy with it. And and you know, I've, I've had people say, well, it'll probably be better if you do just like a straight up split screen. I'm like, but we're in the spotlight. We're in the branded yeah. spotlight because we're taking the stage. And boo -boo -boo -boo. Exactly. <laughs> you gotta get in the zone with everything. I love it. I um, mean, that's how I that roll. Introduction. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I missed stuff in there, Brianne. So, like, tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do when you're not tweeting about the Backstreet Boys, which is super fun, but you do other yeah. stuff, too. Do I do anything else? I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again for talking about Pop Chat. That takes up a lot of my time. But I, I also... Um, thank you so much. I love your chat too. It's thank all, you. I just love meeting people through Twitter chats. It's really same I, something I needed and didn't know I needed. <laughs> but um, yeah, I also have a podcast called Making the Brand, which 
if you didn't put two and two together, it's kind of a play on words with the MTV show, reality show, Making the Band, which you may remember. Yep. Um, and yeah, I do the same thing. I, I drive marketing lessons from pop culture. And that really started happening when I was incorporating them into my lectures at the University of Florida. So I said, you know what? My students, they know Apple's a great brand. They know about Starbucks. They know Nike. They've seen and heard all these examples before. So I said, how can I mix this up? How can I pull in references that they'd be familiar with, things that are topical right now, things that also need to be promoted, things in music, movies, sports. Those aren't void of marketing. All of those things need to be marketed as well. So what what lessons can we draw from that? So it really just happened naturally where I just wanted to teach and help people learn, but in a different way to make it as fun as possible. I love that. And, you know, when you really think about it, a lot of elements of pop culture, part of why they're sort of like denigrated by some critics is because a lot of it is about the marketing. There's somewhere they say, oh, there's no substance. It's all marketing. But marketing itself can be substance. I mm. mean, I mean, what's uh, if you could just share with us just a little bit about um some of the key things you've learned. I'm going to talk to you more about how it became part of your personal brand, but I'd love yeah. to hear a little bit from you about um, just what some of, some of the key lessons that you've seen, some of the common factors that you've seen in analyzing pop culture from a marketing standpoint. Yeah, I mean, we've seen so many brands that jump into pop culture topics, things that are trending, and sometimes it feels forced, but sometimes it really works out, and that's because it's the perfect way to humanize your brand. You don't want to be seen as being in these corporate ivory towers, only talking about yourselves the whole time. But um, I always use Tarte Cosmetics as an example. They live tweet during The Bachelor and The Bachelorette because they know that's where their audiences is. And um, you don't see them as a cosmetics brand. You see them as uh, you know just another friend watching The Bachelor with you. And so fun fact really about Tarte. I just have to mention a fun yeah. fact about Tarte. Two fun facts about Tarte. One of them is that uh, the founder, Maureen Kelly, is actually from the same tiny little area of New York that I am. She's from Nanuet, yeah. which is like two towns over from Nyack. But in my 20s, in my 20s, I worked in the corporate beauty industry in New York City for about 10 years. Um, uh-huh. And for a little while, I became completely obsessed with the idea of working for Tarte. I was just super obsessed with Tarte. I I met Maureen and I met Alexis, who at that time was kind of her right-hand gal. Alexis has moved on to to several other cosmetics companies in the interim. But but I, like, became buddy-buddy with the Tarte people because I'm like, I want to work for you so bad. I'm a Tarte girl. And one time when they had a position open, my passion then was brand education. Um, I loved doing the training programs because it's selling the people on the floor on the brand. What could be more important? And... So then a position in brand education for Tarte opened up and I opened up like InDesign and I made this whole like magazine cover of myself. And also there was an about section on their website that was kind of cute and fun about because they were such a small team at that point. And I made my own employee bio just like they had on their website for me, which included stuff like favorite TV show, favorite shoes, you know, the fun stuff. I was like, look, see, I'm one of you. Yeah, I didn't get the job, but that's okay. It went to a makeup artist. That's the important part. It went to a makeup artist. He was a little bit more qualified. (laughs) (laughs) There's something to be said about going that extra mile. Um, I always talk about this with my students that they feel like, you know, if they if they do some LinkedIn stalking and find someone to message about a job or if they, <laughs> you know, 
they feel like they're being bothersome when you're actually being tenacious and the employer is always going to appreciate you expressing just how much you want that job. That's never going to be a mistake. It's actually refreshing to have someone do all of those things and, and go that extra mile and make the, the magazine covers and things like that. That that says a lot about who you are and uh, shame on them. I think you should still to the well, I mean, ultimately, I wanted to show that ultimately your team should be made up of super fans when it comes down to it. You want the people who work for your brand, who represent your brand to be huge fans. And so that's what that's yeah. where I was going with them. It yeah. didn't work out. I, I think I think I've wound up in an OK place. It's all good. Yes. So, Brianne, you mentioned that the way that you've. I, I imagine you've always been a fan of pop culture and you brought it into your lectures as a professor as a way of, you know, having something that people could relate to. But that was in the classroom. When and how did you start sort of putting that fandom out there as part of your personal brand? Because there are risks to that. Something like pop culture, people could be like, oh, you know, not taking her seriously or whatever. And you've managed to turn it around to really make it be, no, 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 this is a serious marketing scholar who's oh. <laughs> showing this. I consider well, you a serious marketing scholar. Oh, so how, he, so how, what were kind of those steps towards putting yourself out there as this is the girl who connects branding and pop culture? Yeah, great question. Uh, it really started, I was doing brand marketing for a corporation. That's really my what my career was before I was teaching and decided to go out on my own and do consulting. And when I took that leap from the corporate world and started setting out on my own, I had to have this, uh, you know, self evaluation of how am I going to put myself out there? What do I want to be known for? How do I brand myself? All those questions that we ask. And at the time, even before I left that job, I had a fun little blog that was just about pop culture. There was nothing academic or marketing related about it at all. It was just like, oh, look what the celebrity wore on the red carpet or I don't know, like boy band stuff, all that, all that fun stuff. But it didn't have any marketing angle to it at all. So I had that going on. And then I said, all right, well, I'm going to start a website for my consulting firm and, um, you know, be kind of the professor version of myself and the marketing educator over here. So this turned into like, several different Instagram accounts, several different websites, two different Twitters. And I was like, this is exhausting. And I really felt like two different versions of myself. I was like, oh, I'm the pop culture girl over here with this audience. And I'm the professor uh, on this side and the marketer. And it wasn't until I wrote a blog post that was for the pop culture blog. Uh, that was about the Backstreet Boys, of course. Um, they released an album in 2019 called DNA and it went to number one. And I wanted to write about how that num that album went to number one in contrast to when their millennium album went to number one in 1999 before social media, before, you know, they had all of these tools at their fingertips and they had to market it more traditionally. So I put it on the pop culture blog because it was so boy band related, but this was the first time, I combined the two and I ended up sharing it in a Backstreet Boys fan uh, Facebook group that I'm in. And this girl, Danielle, who's now a very good friend of mine, saw it and said, I have a podcast of my own. I think my audience would really love for you to come on and talk about this. I'm a huge Backstreet Boys fan as well. 
And I said, yeah, I would love to do that. And that was the first time I was on a podcast ever. I'd never done it before. I didn't have my own podcast at the time, none of it. And I got off that call and it was just the most fun conversation I'd ever had (laughs) talking about two of my favorite things, marketing, boy bands, pop culture. And I said, I don't know what just happened, but I need more of that because this really feels, it felt like me, like we could have talked for hours about this. So I said, you know what? I'm going to strip away all these different accounts I have, just make my domain my name, and I'm just going to be myself and see how this goes. And people might not understand it. People might think I'm weird or not being professional or whatnot, but this is me. But this could also be my differentiator because I didn't really see a lot of people talking about marketing through that lens. So I just decided to go for it. I love that. And I love how well it's worked out. I'm honestly surprised that some publication or TV show hasn't swept you up uh, to kind of talk about things from that perspective. But that'll probably happen at some point. I mean, thank you. It's an honor to be here. If there was. (laughs) So I'm going (laughs) to pop in one of our questions from the Tuesday Twitter chat. Kelly wants to know what I'm like moving it all around, trying to find the right spot. What is your advice on how to combine your professional passions with your personal bra- with your personal passions into one personal brand? So how do you combine them so it's not too much, this is my hobby or this is my work stuff? Mm-hmm. I think this can work a lot of times. There may be some instances where there's just, it's too much of a stretch. Um, but what I always recommend is, Find those two things you love. So maybe it is marketing. Maybe you like marketing and wine, for instance. Two things that you might feel are completely unrelated or uh, marketing and beauty, marketing and fashion. Then talk about uh, how wine is marketed and that's your niche or talk about, um, you know, fashion trends that, that are coming back. It's always about taking whatever that broad thing is that you love and drilling down another layer. So an example of that, um, I don't know if she's listening, but Michelle King, she and I were chatting recently and she's a data scientist, but she also loves running. So we said, okay, what if you talked about running, but how to use data to make you a better runner and to track your goals and how to read your heart rate metrics and what you should be measuring. So that's what I would recommend is, is go broad first, but think, how can I take something else that I love and make this even more specific so it stands out? That is a fantastic way to combine them. And you have something that definitely uh, combines them pretty well. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
I feel like you've answered Kevin's question already, which is you've obviously been passionate about pop culture all your life. What's the moment that caused you to jump and make it officially part of your brand? But to kind of follow up on that, when you first started bringing your love for pop, this is from Anya, when you first started bringing your love for pop culture into your work, did you run into any doubters? Did you run into anyone kind of ragging on you for it at all? Um... No one did it publicly to me, but I imagine people would scroll past my stuff and maybe still do like that thread that you inspired me to do about the Spice Girls and brand purpose. You know, I had some people saying like, oh, my gosh, this is my jam. This is so fun. (laughs) But I'm sure there are some people that still roll their eyes at it. And you have to be okay with that. Um, You know, I'm just being myself. And I think with anything you do, you're going to have doubters. But if it feels right and authentic to you, it's way better than just putting on a facade and a brand voice that isn't authentic. So if those people, if that's not what they're into, then they don't have to follow me and it's okay. And I guess if there was any doubter about it, it was probably me in the beginning. Cause I thought no one else is going to be interested in this, um, you know, boy bands are, they're going to say they're dated and, you know, no one cares about, old 90s nostalgic references anymore oh sure they do (laughs) they they do I found that they do so I said you know what we'll see what happens I didn't have any expectations so I had to kind of temper my own self-doubt by just saying you know what this is who I am (laughs) that's perfect and that kind of connects nicely with um this question from Alex which is what gave you the well for well first part we sort of did which is what gave you the confidence to fully incorporate your passion of pop into your brand other than keep it as the thing that's just known about you but also what do you know now that you wish you had known when you first started out oh that's a great question and something i think about a lot is i wish i embraced this so much earlier um i i've like you said i've loved this all of my life um and i never thought it was a viable career path you know to pursue I mean, uh, musicians need marketers and social media teams, and there's still magazines and big publications out there. And I, I, once I got into college, I kind of suppressed this part of my personality and said, all right, I need to put on my corporate hat now and Mm -hmm. dream of working for a fortune 500 company. And I, I did those things. I worked for some pretty big brands and I wasn't happy and I, I liked the work, but it just didn't it didn't feel like it was my own. I was definitely building someone else's brand. Um, but I wish I, I did more research on the real career opportunities of staying on this path of what I truly love and not kind of losing sight of that as I got into college and got a little jaded by the business world. (laughs) Yeah. One thing I, one thing I found myself uh, repeating a lot lately is basically that the things that you feel the need to suppress about yourself in order to fit in and be professional are usually the things that you need to rock out in order to stand out. Yeah. And that's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so now I have a question for, and, and live viewers, please bring your questions into the comment thread. I would love to talk to you, but these are all from the Twitter chat. Okay. So Stephanie wants to know with digital marketing being a field that's ever changing, how do you see the traditional college scape and graduate programs fitting into something marketers need to invest in? And how does that harmonize with in real life experience? Because you of course are teaching marketing at the college level, but you're also, um, you also have in real life experience. So how do you see that sort of shaken out when it comes to stuff like this? Yeah. I, I think about this a lot because there's a lot of things out there where people say, Oh, you can learn everything on YouTube these days. 
And, you know, it. I think about what I think this program and really any graduate program uh, provides for these students. It's just such rigor and uh, application. And you're not only just sort of passively learning it in the classroom, but you're able to actually get one-on-one feedback. Like I spend a lot of time giving personalized commentary to each of my students and really helping them, you know, improve before they get out into that real world. And just the contacts that you make and the, um, I, I have a letter of recommendation for a student that I have to write today. And you just get, you get so much out of it. But as far as why marketers need to invest in it, yes, this is definitely a field that's ever changing, but the way I like to position it is that no matter what types of changes in marketing or social media, um, whatever innovations that come our way in digital marketing, at the core of it, there's people behind these brands. So we could get tripped up on how to do things actually on these platforms. We're always going to need to learn that in real time, even after we graduate. But I really stress the importance of always remembering the people behind these platforms and how to appeal to them versus how to use the the platform. So I, I kind of preach more about the psychology, the overall strategy versus like, here's how you uh, produce a reel, but why, why should you produce a reel? What is going to make it interesting to your audience? How do you grab their attention? Um, so that's, that's really how I do it is, is not getting too caught up in, the innovations, because those are those are going to happen one way or another. But look and take a step back and make it more broad about people. Yes, people, people, people. Yes, <laughs> we're not we're not just an audience. We're not just an ICA. We're people, right? We're not just a follower. Absolutely. Uh, Melissa wants to know, and I know you have a podcast, but the fact is, if you had a show like Pie in the Sky, didn't have to worry about it being viable. But if you could have like a show on TV or something, what would you want it to be like? Mm-hmm. Uh, Melissa, thanks for that question. Uh, another thing I think about a lot, it's funny, as much as I love pop culture, I can't stand some of the pop culture shows that are out there right now. <laughs> I really can't stand them, but like, it's a lot of the same. Like if I watch, um, I don't want to throw them under the bus, but like Access Hollywood or something, and it's like, oh, who's breaking up today? And, and oh, someone tweeted this at Kim Kardashian. Today. And it's just like, I don't really gain anything insightful about it like sometimes I feel like you know it's just it's just news without much of a takeaway so I would love to really just do a deeper dive and have a have a show on E or or maybe a more academic version of Access Hollywood or maybe something on um, CNBC which tends to have a, a more business angle to things and talk about more so the branding side of of the celebrities and the music movies and things that we love so kind of like a a a different version of an e-talk show but with a little bit more of a business angle like i do on my podcast that would be so fun (laughs) perfect and everyone should check out that that podcast making the brand available wherever you listen to podcasts (laughs) all right so now we're going to get into some of the fun questions this one you'd think it's obvious but Robin Kennedy want to know who's your favorite boy band for the nineties, but also for the naughties, the, the two thousands. So, I mean, we know you love Backstreet, but mm-hmm. you know, but, in, but who are, who, who else are you into? Yeah, this is a hard <laughs> question because 
A lot of times people, when they talk about the Backstreet Boys, they're like, oh my gosh, my 90s loving heart is uh, or is in love, or I'm so happy they're, they're releasing, or I saw them in an interview, my middle school self is, is fangirling, <laughs> and I'm like, they had an album in, in 2009, in 2013, in 2019, um, so sometimes if you ask me, they never really left. I still consider them out in the, the OOs, but, um, gosh, who else do I listen to? It's, it's tough. Um, are there any other boy bands? I mean, I do love the Jonas brothers. <laughs> um, the Jonas brothers are great. I've seen them live once and they, they blew me away. I, I, I like them. I, I kind of slept on them a little bit during mm-hmm. their first run, mm-hmm. but their comeback. I'm like, these guys are good. Well, they're grownups now. I feel like their sound is better. Yeah, it's more mature. They've got families and everything now. Yeah. They're having some fun with it. All right. So then another question we've got here, and this this, this is, this is going to break your heart. Uh-oh. If you had to never listen to Backstreet Boys again, <laughs> who would take their place? Yeah. Sounds well, like it might be Jonas. Who knows? Yeah. I think I, I could get down with that. Yeah. I love all of their songs. I'm just... I feel like they've only scratched the surface on on their comeback. I think they only had maybe one album. Um, but yeah, if they could keep it going, I've, I love their comeback and all of their music. Awesome. And Troy wants to know, do you think 90s bands would kill it in this era with TikTok and Clubhouse? Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love nostalgia? We've really seen a boom with that on TikTok, especially with so many people doing, you know, the in-sync bye-bye-bye dance all the time. And <laughs> But I mean, um, like, you know, if they were and... new, like, if we had TikTok and Clubhouse back in the 90s, like, mm-hmm. do you think it would make a difference as to which ones hit it big? Like, how do you, how do you think they'd use it? Yeah. Gosh, there's a Taylor Swift quote that I'm going to butcher. Um, and it's it was something about how the fans are going to start coming to you first. Um, that like the fans are dictating who becomes popular, not the record companies. So yeah, I think we would definitely see that on TikTok as the fans would flock to who they love and word of mouth would spread differently. And we wouldn't have to wait for a record company or a record executive to see your stuff and deem you worthy and have you audition. You would already have that fan base built in and that's just almost the, the logical next step. So and I don't think TRL would have been a thing. <laughs> yeah, because we don't need it. We don't need that that extra level, that extra mm-hmm. layer to bring to bring the stars to us. They can right, just bring right. themselves to us. Access, so much access. Especially, you know, we saw it in 2020 with just how we couldn't go out and see our favorite bands and artists live. They found ways to be in the palm of our hands again. That's that's so awesome. That's so smart of them. All right, so so Brianne, tell us, where can people find you? Where should people find you? People should certainly find you in half an hour on Twitter for hashtag yes. pop chat. Absolutely. I almost forgot. Yeah, thanks for the plug. So, yeah, <laughs> follow me on Twitter. Uh, at Brianne2K is my handle. The podcast is called Making the Brand. And, yeah, come join pop chat today at 1 o'clock, whether it's your first time or you're, you're a pop chat veteran. Uh, we've, we always base it on trending topics and news for the week. So it's, it's pretty different week to week. There's always something new to discuss. So this was such a pleasure. My DMS are always open as people say, if anyone have, if anyone else has any questions or uh, wants to talk more about personal branding in my journey, I am happy to chat. 
So thank you so much. Love it. Thank you so much for being on, Brienne. And we are going to certainly be talking plenty online because you show up for Chat About Brand a lot. I show up for Pop Chat a lot. I'm certainly showing up today. So this is fantastic. Thank you so much for bringing your brilliance. And and again, just so everyone knows, I do do this show every single Friday at 12 noon Eastern time here on Facebook and Twitter and Periscope. And so next Tuesday, we are going to be talking about... A lot of people have heard one of my favorite quotes, which is, all things being equal, people choose to give business, to do business with and refer business to people who they know, like, and trust. Know, like, and trust is such a phrase. I keep threatening to have it tattooed on my arm. And the man who said it himself, Bob Berg, is going to be on my show next Friday talking about what no like trust really means and how you can incorporate it into your branding. So make sure to join us next week. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk About Brand, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Christine Gritman, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Christine Gritman. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.